One of the things that I enjoy the most about working with artists whose passion is to glorify Jesus is to see them grow. And you see, the way that you grow in the kingdom of God is very different than the way that the world would tell you that you need to grow and increase. In the kingdom of God, we have to decrease so that he may increase. A band from Mooresville, North Carolina, known as The Last Trumpet, is a great example of decreasing so that he may increase. And in just a few moments, we're going to get to find out what God's been doing in and through The Last Trumpet and get to check out one of their gnarly tracks. Yes, we are live from the Raven's Nest, and thanks to all those who are tuning in and watching Raven's Heart this evening. Go ahead, and if you're watching on YouTube, please go ahead and ring that bell and subscribe. That helps us and helps the artists that we help support through Lithos Cry and Raven's Heart. And boy, we've got the whole TLT crew tonight. Welcome back to the show. Hey. <laughs> so Tiffany, can you, uh, there's a lot of people that are watching for the first time and listening for the first time. Can you introduce everybody into the, in the room for us? Okay. Um, so we, y'all just raise your hands when I call you out. Brian is our lead guitarist. Shannon is the vocalist and she plays our keys. Chris is our rhythm guitar and a vocalist. And then we have John, who is our drummer. He's our warfare pusher. And and what is it? What is it you do, Tiffany? <laughs> well, I attempt to manage the band. <laughs> attempt. It's an attempt. <laughs> yeah. And I and I do vocals, but yeah, it's an attempt, y'all. It's an attempt. I love how you have everybody raise their hand in the back. You can see your managerial skills just coming forth in that. And, uh, <laughs> and we are getting comments already. Hey, we've got Josh Snyder, who was with us at Rockfest this year. Josh, hey. We love Josh Snyder. Uh, great guy, great ministry. And we really appreciate that he came out to Rockfest. You know, we became acquainted in 2019 before the year before the world went to hell in a handbasket with COVID and everything. And in just three short years, you guys have grown not just in sound, but in boldness. Uh, it's like a whole different band now with what you're doing. And I believe that some of that does have to do with the amount of time that you spend working on your music. But I think and would venture to guess it has a little bit more to do with what God's been doing with you and through you. So let's hear some testimony. What's God been doing in and through TLT since 2019? 
I would say he's really been downloading a lot, um, a lot more, like, especially to that one that writes a lot and to this one who now writes too. Um, he's really been downloading a lot of his heart for us to pour out to, um, to everyone. We haven't had a lot of shows. I think, I do think COVID crippled, crippled that some. So, but we're getting back into a lot of that. And, um, I mean, God, God still shows up and he still uses us and, you know, it's just exciting to see where he's taking it. It is very exciting to see where he's taking it, just to see where you, I mean, you guys were good when I first met you in 2019, but where you're at now is like quantum leap light years ahead of where you were. And that just goes to show the Lord's favor that's been on the hand, the God's hand that's been on uh, the last trumpet and the favor that he's been giving you. Uh, a lot of times when we've talked, uh, you know, you've said that the last trumpet is a warfare band. Can you define for us what a warfare band is? What has God shown you about your role using music? A uh, warfare band is a band that goes into spiritual battle. I think one thing that I can add to that is when, um, when Chris and I first met and first got married, we were attending a church um, on a Friday night. They were having Friday night um, Holy Ghost forums and teaching stuff. Um, about the Holy Spirit and the way the Holy Spirit operates. And um, we learned, you know, a lot about prophetics, prophetic um, releases. And um, they had a group pray over um, Chris and I. And um, they specifically, I can remember exactly word for word, Chris was prophesied over that he would go into places that not everybody wants to go. And he would change the atmospheres, the music. Um, there was a book that he had that he was writing songs and at one point he had a writer's block and they declared that that would go that would go and be released that his his book would be filled with tons of songs and words and so um it's we've literally gotten to watch it play out in front of us so and i think a, a lot of things that has helped <laughs> us is we're all from a a worship type background mm -hmm. right so there's a total difference i can go and play and we can play these these songs and go through the motions and it can, it can feel one way and then when we decide to play the same thing but really have our hearts in the right place, it turns the atmosphere completely different like it did yeah. at Rockfest. Um, I'm the kind of type of person when I play I, like I can't sing and play real good but like when I get into it and I feel like the Holy Spirit's there like I'm just into it. I'm singing the words, and, I, and it's a totally a different emotion and feel in the music and how it's played and how it's delivered. And I think that plays a big role in uh, doing that and being another band. Yeah, yeah I, I want. Um, Go ahead. When, when you when you have an actual relationship with Christ, you learn that the words that He's given you are not null and void; that there's a purpose to them. And so if if you're called to war for someone else's life, you're called to put your testimony out there to give someone else a fighting chance. That's the intent from the Lord and what you're supposed to do. And if you don't take that seriously and deliver that gift that he gave you, then what are you doing it for? Um, I think that's a lot where we have come to a realization that, you know, we can go out and we can make music, we can play shows, we can do what we do, great 
but when there's an actual purpose, because someone in that audience needs something that you're bringing and they're waiting patiently for it. And the Lord says, release this. If you don't obey, you're not only messing yourself up, but you're messing them up and other generations to follow. So for me, it's having purpose behind what we do because it's not for us. It's not our music. It's the Lord's music meant for someone else is exactly what it is. I like what you just said there. What are you doing it for? And I think that applies to everything, even with what we're doing here with the live stream and Raven's Heart and Lithos Cries. What are we doing this for? Is that's really what it boils down to? And just before we came on this evening, I was just kind of scanning through YouTube just a little bit and was just I didn't watch it, but I was seeing the videos about how Christian music is a scam and you know all the stuff that's out there. And I think really what's happening is the scam in it is being exposed. There, there's the shaking that's going on, and God is still shaking. And that shaking is happening, so all the stuff that is a scam can be pushed to the side so that what you guys are doing can come to the forefront because it has a purpose. And yes, you do change atmospheres, and we're going to talk about that um, in just a few moments. We've got some comments coming in. I really appreciate the viewers that we have tonight that are weighing in. We've got Charles Martin from Tricor. <laughs> <laughs> he says tricord loves some tlt and then we've got jermaine from tricord hey aunts and uncles <laughs> there's our boy <laughs> josh has got a comment he says amen life is too short to live it for our own self-gratification purposes and even though god has many good things in this life for us we're keeping him as the center of everything you say and do it will always be worth it, even if it's not always easy. Yeah. yeah. And it's not easy. You guys, when you do get up on stage and when I listen to a track, it's like, man, they make it sound easy, but it's it's not easy. <laughs> no, a lot of times you don't know the amount of warfare that the enemy tries to hit you with to try to keep you back from doing what the Lord's trying to get you to do. Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, there's attacks constantly. That's when you know you're doing it. Yeah, there's warfare in the atmosphere, but there's warfare before we ever even show up <laughs> to do what we do. <laughs> warfare is a real thing. The enemy does not want God's will to come forward. And that usually comes through technical difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> oh, kind of like some of the ones that we had tonight before we got online? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not easy. And you have to fight through that. And, you know, something with, with the warfare, and this is something I was talking about with a friend this week, is every every piece of warfare and every encounter that we have to deal with the powers of darkness, God allows that through his hands. OK, uh, you know, the enemy is just a freak on a leash, if I may quote a corn song. Um, <laughs> he, you know, he is a freak on a leash and he only goes as far as God allows him to go. And I think what that does, and I'm just just kind of processing what you're saying, is when you go through that warfare, it really kind of gets you out of yourself. And the focus not being on you or, hey, we got to go up and we got to do this perfect show or, hey, oh, we got to go do this perfect live stream. Uh, you know, I feel before I get on here, you know, I'm chipper. I do have, hey, I got my weirdo cup tonight. So I am I am wired. And I told TLT that I ate a donut before we uh, before we got online here. But uh, yeah, most of the time when I come home from work to get ready to do these things, I really don't feel like doing them because I am just flat exhausted. I'm more tired on Thursdays than I am any other day of the week. And it's just that warfare and it. It's just, you know, resonating in me is that gets me out of myself so I can put myself aside. <gasps> Wait a minute. So I can decrease. Yeah. 
so he can increase because it's not about me. And when I'm tired, I just have to let go. There's nothing in my flesh that I can do to make it work. There, there just really isn't. So continuing to talk about warfare, let's talk about your latest release, Covered in Blood. Uh, this song is definitely about warfare. Can you share with us a little bit about what this warfare is that specifically that you're talking about? Because you address some societal issues and things that are going on in the world in the song. What is the warfare that you're talking about in Covered in Blood? Well, Covered in Blood is actually is a it's basically a pandemic song. Um, it was it came out of just frustration of being in the lockdowns. Uh, as well as the spiritual battles that we were going through during that time. Um, but if, if, during that time, when you look, looked around, you seen the world was just in chaos. Yeah. And it, it was chaotic fear, mostly. And it was, it was really frustrating to see your fellow Christian brothers and sisters in such turmoil and fear. You know, and where you know we're supposed to be trusting in God. Right. He's got us covered. You know. Yeah, I think part of that too, um, to go along with what he said, is that out of fear, people tend to twist scripture. And I was seeing some of that, and I no, <laughs> just no. <laughs> Um, and a lot of people were, you know, shying away because, you know, every, every, everything's got to be politically correct or everything's got to pat everybody on the, the rear to make everybody feel good. Scripture is not about feelings. It's not about feelings. It's about trust and obedience. It's about the love of God. It's about putting your faith. Faith is believing in the unseen that's literally what faith is it's believing in the unseen where is your faith where is your faith stand up stand up and declare the word of god not only over the pandemic or whatever but over your own life over your she kids lives over I said it, sorry. <laughs> over, over your teens, over over your job, over your household. Like it's your responsibility to stand up in your faith because if you don't stand up, how can you expect somebody outside of your house to do that? Let me let me sit down. <laughs> pre, pre, preach it, sister. <laughs> preach it, sister. That that is some TLT fire there. That is why your music. I mean, that is the heart coming out right there. And you got Jermaine all fired up. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, we agree. <laughs> the pandemic. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, you know, and it's interesting because when when you listen to this song, it doesn't sound like a pandemic song. Because uh, it's applicable, and we're going to take a listen to it in just a few minutes, but it is just chock full of prophetic utterances and truth that I was sitting and dissecting it even more this afternoon. I was like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that was in there. Oh, I didn't realize that was there. I want to hit on a few of those things in just a few moments, too. But this, ladies and gentlemen, is the last trumpet with Covered in Blood. Thank you. 
That song changes the atmosphere in my head every time I listen to it. That's what goes on in my head. Yeah, there's one thing, and I and I remember speaking this out at Rockfest too, but it's one thing to come to a father with blood-stained hands and say, Father, cleanse me, release me, forgive me, clean me, and to turn around and be covered in the blood. So the song has a dual purpose because we come with blood-stained, blood-covered hands, and then we're covered in his blood, which makes us white as snow. I mean... If there's ever been a time to be covered in the blood of Jesus, I mean, I'd say it's it's right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the blood of Jesus that heals. It's the blood of Jesus that protects you from the noisome pestilence, Psalm 91. Uh, it's the blood of Jesus that keeps the demonic away. It's the blood of Jesus that keeps falsehood away. There's so much power in the blood. I love that old hymn. You know, the wonder working power in the blood of the lamb. That that song will never get old. It is it is timeless and it is so true. And but what this song does, what covered in blood does, is it literally changes the atmosphere in my head. And really, you know, in looking at the other tracks that you've put out, this one I would say, this one says, We're TLT, we're here. It establishes you in a, a different position, a different level of authority. And I want to talk about some of the different things that are in there. I got a couple things first, though. Uh, this really did happen the other day when I had it blasting on the speakers up in the up in the studio here. Amy the dog came up, and yes, this is an Amy pick. Uh, <laughs> she loved. She came right in, did this little circle around the, the the carpet in front of the stereo, and just sat down and listened to it, and totally, totally enjoyed it. And we've got some awesome comments from our viewers as well. We got our friend Eddie Griffin. Eddie, shout out to you. <laughs> Last trumpet rocking the truth for for real and Jermaine. That chorus smacks, and of course, Jermaine gives us, I can't read these, but all of these hieroglyphics of Jermaine are <laughs> <tell me> awesome. <laughs> one of these days, I'm going to have to speak, uh, learn how to read Germanese. I guess that's one of those. <laughs> Germanese is, is the language. You know, something that I noticed at the beginning of this video, and it just kind of popped into my mind, is you start with the blood moon at the beginning of, of the song. And I was just thinking before all of this stuff was unleashed on the earth, that was the big thing was the blood moons. We had several blood moons. Um, John Hagee was preaching about it. And I know I know enough to be dangerous that the occult side was also very interested in the blood moons as well as what that represented. So you had two different sides on the side, uh, one on the side of light, one on the side of the darkness. Uh, you know, very interested in these blood moons. And after the blood moons, I do know that on the occult side, they're looking at these things. And there is some planning that goes on with uh, lunar phases and the positions of stars. Just think about that, people. Hold on to that thought there in your mind and, and research that yourself. Josh is weighing in. He says technology has gone so far that we go back to uh, speaking hieroglyphics. On a scroll. <laughs> that that's a good one that is a good one josh um so you start with the blood moon but there's also something else in there and i think that the church is becoming more aware of this we've done a really lousy job with it we've westernized a um basically an, an eastern religion if you will that christianity is not a western western religion it's not 
And what we've done is we've taken the spiritual out of a lot of it, and that includes angels. Either we completely ignore angels, or we've come up with some really horrible doctrines of these chubby little cherubs with their butts hanging out playing harps on clouds, which is not the case at all. Or it's also, hey, they're up there, we're down here, we're just kind of muddling through life. It doesn't work that way, and Scripture makes that very clear, but we avoid that. But you talk about in this song, assembling with angels. What is the significance of that in the song? What is the significance? What does it mean to assemble with angels, especially in the context of spiritual warfare? Well, we were talking about some of this a little bit ahead of time. And one thing I was thinking about, or that I, I go back to is in, um, in I think it's second Kings. Hold on. I, I wrote myself a note. Second Kings 6, 15 through 17, when Elisha's assistant looked out and saw all the um, the enemy coming at them and all their horses and chariots, Elisha, he went back and he said, um, well, the servant says, alas, my master, what shall we do? Because he's seeing all this and he's fearful. And Elisha says, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And that, I mean, it was myriads of angels, though. That's the whole thing. And we we do go in warfare with the angels. They're there to protect us and everything, but, I mean, we should be aligning ourselves with God's messengers, God's army and and battling this stuff through and standing in the gap for some of these things that we're constantly you know either frustrated about or see going on in the world around us we're called to step in and be a part of that yeah i think too um in scripture if you notice uh, angels were either called to battle or they were called to deliver a message um and so that's that kind of speaks a lot to me because I'm kind of glad I got somebody in the battle with me. <laughs> I don't want to do it by myself. <laughs> That's just me. But I mean, to, to be able to partner with the heavenlies in a crisis, in a, a rough circumstance, in a health battle, you can partner with the heavens. And who wouldn't want to do that? Who would not want heavens armies? on their side who wouldn't absolutely i mean you can't we can't do it ourselves you know and god when he created the angels god's really into giving people and his creation assignments and all of his angels have assignments and even if you look deeper into scripture they're here to protect us from dashing our foot against the stone uh, and sometimes they do manifest themselves as human beings to assist us in situations, too. And that that is something that I've actually had occur in my life. And that's something we'll talk about some other time. Uh, but you know, it does happen. And 
you know, just getting our minds set on that. I think the church is becoming more aware of that. And I love how you address the angelic and how we partner with the angels. And here's something to ponder. We don't have to answer tonight. And if you're listening or watching, you can weigh in and send us a comment. Um, Shannon was talking about the chariots of the angels. Were those really wooden chariots or were they something else described as chariots? Ooh, that sounds like some stranger things. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Maybe we need to talk about that at a later date. Something else that you talk about uh, that's very interesting in this song is waking up to the power. What is the power that you see the church and believers waking up to? And why haven't we been tapping into this power earlier? Do you have any insight on that? Okay. I know a lot, it's very controversial and a lot of people don't like to talk about it, but Roe versus Wade is the authority of God coming through, period, point blank. Um, God has claim of territory that he intends to take back from the enemy. We don't have to like it, but it is because it's his will and he tramples over everything that, that is serpent related. Um, I think that's one way that it shows. Um, I also feel like um, his authority is being seen in the fact that I think a lot of Christians are waking up to the fact that it's not all about the feel the feel good doctrine that's out there. People are waking up that there's there's more to God than just the cuddle father. He is that. He is that. Don't get me wrong. He is that. But there is so much more depth to our father than just the one who wants to pat you on the rear end and tell you it's okay. Not everything is okay. There's a reason why we have spiritual war. There's a reason why we are called to step into battle in Jude 123 and says, jerk back those from the pits of fire while hating the tarnished sin that stains their clothing. We're called to get off of our comfortable rear ends and go into the fires of hell and jerk back those souls that belong to God. We're not called to sit and look pretty. We're not called to sit on the sidelines and watch other people do it. You have a role. Each and every one of us has a role that we're supposed to partake in doing what God called us to do. He can do it all himself, yes, but part of his relationship is growing you, growing me, growing us. The only way for us to grow is to be obedient in what he tells us to do and bringing back the harvest. Can I add something? Absolutely. Okay. So I think for, for me, what I'm hearing or what's going on in my head is the problem or, well, the churches and everybody waking up to the power Religion itself has just created this I, this atmosphere where we believe that God is just some distant being. Right. And we're trying to get people to understand it's a relationship yeah. where you're one-on-one -on -one with your father. And there is power in that. There's, there's power in knowing that he's my father that I can go to for anything and yeah. that he's not some distant being that's not listening to me and that's not walking with me through this life and through all the hardships. Yeah. Wow. That is yeah, just the partnership and working with God and, you know, being a part of the vine, you know, being, being a part of the, 
being the branch of the vine and grafted in that vine. He's the vine and we are the branches. And Deb is weighing in. She says, amen. And she also says, yes, we need to understand the fear of the Lord. That is something that we've really forgotten is, is the fear of the Lord in a lot of things. And it's when we fear him that we can walk in true right relationship with him and we can see his power work through us. And, you know, just last night I was reading and I took a deeper look at it today and talking about the power. And this is in scripture, and I know that this is controversial as well. Boy, we're just hitting everything that's controversial tonight, aren't we? I love it. We're just, we, this is more than just a rock show, people. Okay, this is this is something different. Um, John chapter 14, verses 12 through 15. And this is something that I just want people to think about, where Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than those he will do. So Jesus has set it up for us to do greater works than he did. Now, no, we can't absolve people of sin and, you know, be an atonement for sin, but talking about going into the harvest field, seeing miracles happen, seeing people released from demons, seeing people healed. He has given us that power. And I really believe that we're moving into that time where we're going to see that increase. We're going to see miracles increase. We're going to see deliverance increase. And it's all for the purpose of the harvest. It's not for a show, okay? When we decrease and get ourselves out of the way, and I've been learning that one of the reasons why a lot of people, including myself, don't see the miracles that are promised to us, like in John chapter 14, is because we get in the way. It's like, nah, that can't be, or ooh, I'd be a little too embarrassed to do it. I think we're getting past, I, I know that I'm getting past that point where I have to personally get over that myself, really honestly ziggy's weighing in and he says i believe you guys uh, are called called to warfare and deliver a message Z- ziggy thank you for weighing in this evening it's good to hear from you <laughs> also preparing for battle there's a command in this song prepare for battle very straight command from the throne room how does a believer prepare for battle prayer seeking getting on your face. <laughs> yeah. Staying in communion. Yeah, you got to be in relationship with the Lord mm. on a consistent basis. You got to uh, you got to worship yourself. If you if you're a music person, that's that's how I connect a whole lot better sometimes than just reading and sitting down. But there is uh there's so many different ways to connect and to make your relationship with the Lord your own. And you have to do it, and you have to be consistent at some point, because if you don't, it's hard to be prepared when you're not prepared. (laughs) That prayer is key, because you're actually communing with God when you're praying. And that's a two-way conversation. And, you know, there there have been some times where I've been praying, and God's like, okay, just be quiet and listen to what I have to say. And that's where the obedience comes in. Prayer and obedience is awesome. David Bean is weighing in. He says, hey, guys, what's up? What's up, guys? <laughs> Man, I love it. All the viewers that are out there this evening. I want to get into something a little bit deeper because this is something that I am just learning myself. Um, and that's about the shifting of atmospheres. We talked about it a little bit at the beginning. And basically with Chris's anointing that's on him with music to shift atmospheres, what does it mean to shift an atmosphere? What is an atmosphere and 
can you give an example in scripture of where an atmosphere has shifted? <laughs> it's a deep question. <laughs> so I think one one example in scripture where I felt like the atmosphere was shifted was when the walls of Jericho came crumbling down. Um, and the reason I feel that way is because when you've got people marching around city walls over and over and over for seven days, you know they were tired. You know they were weary. They were going, Lord today's a good day to do it. Could you just do it now? You know, like there, there has to come a point where their focus shifts from self to the Lord. And then when the walls come down, that shift for victory, I feel like there were two shifts in that scenario. Mm. Um, that's, that's kind of the one that hit me the hardest, I believe. Wow. Yeah. I've never, I didn't even think of it that way, but that makes total sense. They had to get out of themselves to do that because what they did made absolutely no sense. And as, as far as like a shifting, shifting an atmosphere, it's kind of like, it's like when you're trying to go and you're hitting a brick wall, something has to bust through it. That's what an atmosphere's shift is like. It's, it's literally busting through a brick wall by not relenting. It's calling on the name of Jesus over and over and over and over again without relenting. It's, it, scripture says, pray without ceasing, but you're doing that even musically. If we're on stage, we're literally calling on the name of Jesus. Father God, there's gotta be a shift here. You shift it. We can't do it. You shift it. It just so happens that he may use us to punch through that wall. Um, it's literally all his power. And when we are collectively sensing it, together. Um, and that's the thing about playing, you know, with these guys for as long as we have, we feed off of each other, but when the Holy spirit is speaking and we all are getting a hold of it, you just go that much harder because you know, his will is going to conquer what the enemy's trying to put up in front of you. Um, and so it's just a matter of persevering that and, and resisting and Binding the things at the same time that the devil yeah. wants to try to do. So, kind of hand in hand type mm -hmm. thing, you work together. Uh, and just like I said, you just got to be persistent at it and say, no, I don't receive that. This is what's going to happen when I'm Jesus. Well, and recognizing that each atmosphere is going to be a little different too. Right. So, if you're not in tune with the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and understanding what that atmosphere is going to be like, you're not going to know how to shift it. Just like there's there's the the atmospheres where we need to bust through. There's also the atmospheres like for example, where um, the lady that was caught in adultery was brought before Christ, mm. and all of those accusers were around. Mm. How did Jesus break that atmosphere? He got down and started writing in the sand. Oh wow! And then asked, you know, when when he said, you know, whoever is without sin cast the first stone, all of them left and no one else was there that changed that atmosphere for that lady for the rest of her life yes i think a lot of times um i think the world views christians as foolish but better to be a fool for christ and do the oddball thing out of obedience to know that my actions are being used to better someone else's life i would rather be a fool for god and be used as a blessing for someone else's life, no matter what it looks like. 
I don't, it, it, it shouldn't matter to me what the Lord is going to have me do. He could have me go over and pop somebody on the hand to bring healing. But if I don't walk in obedience, most people would haul off. And if I hit them, they're going to, you know, <laughs> but you have to, to sacrifice self for somebody else. And that's what the Lord is after. He's after, he's after a true heart who's willing to sacrifice and look like a fool for him. That's called being humble. That's called being obedient. Obedience isn't always fun. Obedience isn't always pretty. But when you do it, he has the glory. He gets the glory. And, and, and he creates a masterpiece just out of simple obedience, just by saying, yes, Lord. How do you sense an atmosphere? We're, we're talking about this right now, and we'll get to the comments in a minute. But this is a question because I kind of want to know a little bit more. And I'm sure that there's some viewers for the first time that are, you know, they haven't heard these terms. How, how do you sense an atmosphere? What do, do you feel it? Do you know it mentally? Can you give us a little bit of insight into that? Well, even, you know, even secular in the secular realm, you know, people talk about atmosphere. The atmosphere was thick. There was so much anger here or so much hurt or so much, um, you know, so much sadness or whatever. Um, those, those can be atmospheres. Um, and uh, spiritual atmospheres may be a little different, but it works the same way because, yeah, we do feel it. We feel it in our spirit. We feel it in Sometimes our flesh yeah. as well. Sometimes you can hear it and see it around you. Yes. I mean, sometimes it's not even a, a supernatural experience. It's just, I mean, the obvious when you're around people, you can tell if they've had a bad day. You can tell if they're angry at some. You can tell if they are excited. I mean, a lot of the different things play into all that things. But the little bit of advantage you have when you have a relationship with Christ and you have the Holy Spirit part of your life, is it kind of gives you an inside track if you're paying attention to know and sense what other people might need. Sometimes you might play a show and you might see somebody that needs prayer or needs love or needs a different song that's not even in the set because it serves a different purpose for that atmosphere. And so uh, as when you have that relationship with God and, and you're nurturing those things by prayer and, and reading and getting into his word and um you start learning and developing different things that he wants you to have and the supernatural in, insight sometimes. The thing is, everybody everybody is, has a spirit. So everybody's going to feel things within that spirit, whether they're, they know Christ or not. Mm -hmm. um, just, for instance, I mean, when there's something pure evil around, it makes your hair stand up. I mean... It, that's just one thing, but I mean, there's several, you know, aspects to it. So really to sense an atmosphere and to break the atmosphere, you really do have to decrease yeah. and go beyond the flesh and what goes on up here in the head and goes what's in here and in the gut um, to sense spiritually. I think, too, one thing to, to learn about, you know, because we're a warfare band, like one thing that, you know, you have to know about people who are called to fight on the front lines 
when we say fight on the front lines, we mean fighting battles from a place of love for, for others, because that's what Christ told us to do. I think a lot of people will look at those who talk about warfare a lot and be like, oh, they are really hard. Uh, they are really like, they're really, you know, strong headed. We may be, but it comes from a place of loving other people. It's not um, spiritual wars. Um, they can be fought on a stage with, with, you know, an ax. They can be fought on physically on the front lines, physically fighting in a war or a battle. They can be fought internally. They can be fought in prayer. They can be fought by going up and hugging on someone. And we have seen experiences of that. I mean, we have a testimony of fighting through a brick wall and it was at a women's correctional facility. It was a women's prison. And um, we, we were called to go there and I will, this is the one experience we will never ever forget, but um, we fought the war with these, these female inmates um, who had been locked up for years. Um, and some of them had no way of, they weren't going to get out anytime soon. But when you're in a facility and all you've known is hardship and crime, and you don't know how to get yourself out of that. When we walk into that facility to play music for these ladies, we could feel them judging us. They, they were judging us. We were the outsiders coming in to their home now they, they also were judging us because they were afraid of us judging them. They were oh, afraid wow. of getting more condemnation because of where they were and what they had done. I can tell you that the Lord told us after our set to step down off the stage and hug these ladies. Now, keep in mind, in a correctional facility, you're not supposed to touch these ladies. The Lord had arranged for the officer on duty who was escorting us to leave to go to the facilities and i kid you not all these guys will vouch for the fact that every single woman in that prison in that chapel lined up down the aisle because all they wanted was a hug the lord told us told me embrace these ladies and i thought lord what are you talking about we're not supposed to touch them what do you mean embrace them we're trying we're trying to love on them and pray for them no i want you to embrace them we hugged the first lady. The whole chapel lined up down the aisle. And by the time the officer came back from the facilities, we were at the last two or three ladies in the line. Wow. What a, what a testimony. What That's a how, testimony. That, that, that was fighting a war. That was fighting a war for these ladies who didn't know how to fight themselves. They didn't know that they were loved. They didn't know that, that their hearts mattered to God. The only way to show them that was to be obedient to the Lord telling us to risk our freedom and do what we were not supposed to do because the Lord told us to do it. Now, he's not always going to tell you to break the law or go do this or go do that. But when a heart is on the line, are you willing to look like the fool for God to war for somebody else's heart? Yes, you got, you got to know your weapons, too. Yeah. Uh, the love of Christ is like God's atomic bomb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a, that's a way to put it. I love what we're talking about here because I mean we're just really getting into some very deep spiritual truths that a lot of people don't touch. And I want to go to some of the comments. Uh, David Bean commented earlier, and it, it fits perfectly right now. Obedience, no matter how strange it may feel. 
know, and that's it. And I was just thinking about that, Tiffany, just a second ago when you were talking about, hey, go over and, you know, smack somebody on the hand and they're going to get healed. It has nothing to do with the smacking on the hand, but it has to do with you decreasing. <laughs> okay. So that he can actually work through your flesh for that virtue to fly through or go through um, to that other person. Uh it's just amazing how that how that works. And if you think about that, we've also got the grand with us. He says, Shalom, y'all. And when we were talking about atmospheres, he's like, sometimes you can cut it with a knife. Um, the atmosphere where it's thick. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie Griffin says, uh, thankful for the last trumpet, my fellow rockers for the rock who aren't ashamed to proclaim the whole counsel of God. And uh, the grand says, hallelujah. And then Josh Snyder's weighing in saying, love seeing, uh, love seeing not only the passion, but also you're, st uh, you're studying to fight this battle proactively balanced with grace and truth for people and their souls and not being afraid to call out the powers of darkness when you see it. And I can read those emojis. You see, um, <laughs> jo Josh is uh, slowly slipping into some Germanese here with three. <laughs> Exclusively through Lithos Cry, you can take the Germanese uh, language course <laughs> for only nineteen ninety nine. <laughs> We'll send you ten cassette tapes. Do they even make those anymore? Cassette tapes? Well, ne never, never, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Um, you know. And speaking of shifting atmospheres, uh, you got to do that at Get Revelation Rock Fest this year in May, and something absolutely amazing happened because you were up on stage, and when you went up on stage, we were in the middle of some very intense spiritual warfare going on at the Hanahan Amphitheater. And then all of a sudden the atmosphere shifted to an atmosphere of worship. What were you sensing while you were on the stage, while that was going on from your perspective, being right there in the thick of the battle? Um, I can tell you for me, um, a lot of times if we are engaging in warfare, <clears throat> hey, Peyton. <laughs> 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 um, I love you too. I, love my <laughs> um, I think one thing for me on stage is when you're engaged in warfare and your heart is truly talking to God right then and you know that somebody out there, um, a lot of times I will sing and war with my eyes closed because I don't want it to be about me and I don't want it to be about the audience. But if the Lord is talking to me about someone, he will tell me to wait right here. And a lot of times I'll have to throw my hand up or give a cue to the rest of them, hold on, we need to wait. Something's, something's happening right here. The Lord is ministering right here. A lot of times um, we have to slow ourselves down and just wait. Um, and that's usually when a shift is happening, whether it be in the atmosphere for a collective unit or for one. And I think that's the thing is you have to wait. You have to always be listening. You may be busy ministering but if you don't listen while you're ministering you'll miss it and um i think it's about being patient even though we're pumping and adrenaline's going and we're doing our thing and we're fighting through walls but there's still that one that needs you to wait and if the lord is sensing that and he's putting it on you you better wait and sometimes i think that's where you really have to you have to be focused on him. 
it's not about what's happening in front of you physically in your sight. It's about what's happening right here. Um, and if you don't stay right here, you're going to miss it. He can only minister to the one or the 1,500 or the 150,000 if you're right here. You don't even need to look out there. And half the time I don't, I keep my eyes closed. They'll all tell you when I'm singing, I shut my eyes because I, 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 I half the time, and no offense, y'all, I don't want to see y'all. I want to, I want to focus here because if somebody out here does need something, I'm going to miss it if I'm focused everywhere else and not here. Um, so a lot of times when I'm on stage, I can't speak for these guys, but I literally will sing with my eyes closed the majority of the time because I'm waiting on him. Yeah, I don't play with my eyes up. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I do, but uh, I, I purposely, I never look out half the time anyways. I always try to hide behind my symbols or whatever because no matter when we're playing or where we're at, I play our music like I play worship music mm. because I believe in the lyrics. I believe in what God's doing in the ministry. And so if I'm just soaked into that at that moment, I don't need to pay attention to what's going on so much because God is just like pouring into me and I'm like getting all the chill bumps and he's just playing through me and I'm having a great time with him and me. And that when it comes like this, it goes boom out there. Right. And so about halfway through our set, maybe not quite halfway through our set. I mean, I was just having a good time playing. And then I look out and like everybody, instead of they're just watching, they're involved. And everybody is like just having a great time and, and enjoying the presence of God there, even if maybe they don't know what they're doing. Everybody's just participating. I can't speak for everybody else, but when I was up there, I actually, I actually sensed the shift. Uh, take place while we were up there. Now, I wasn't really focused like like everybody else is saying. We were so immersed in what what we were experiencing. I think it was not till afterwards that I seen video footage of Flash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty. That was pretty awesome. But we, I, I did not even see that while we were up there because. We were just so like immersed in what we were Yeah, doing. I think, and I think that's probably true for all of us because when the Lord is moving on us and in us, we're so focused right there, no matter what that looks like, because it's different for each of us. Like we're we're all made different, so the Lord speaks to us in the way we will receive it. Um, and so He's right, like. Like we happened, I happened, I had my eyes closed and I happened to look up and there's all these flags going crazy. And I'm like, where'd that come from? (laughs) But it's so cool because that's what the Lord does when you make it not about yourself and you make it about him. He does stuff. He really does stuff. He paints his own picture. He paints his masterpiece of what he wants. He wants to drive the ship. You just got to get off the wheel. And all we are, if we if we can get to the place where we know that all we are is one tool out of all the tools he has created, and you decide to step into harmony with the other tools in your midst, you're focused on him, it's amazing what he can do with multiple tools for the body of Christ. Yeah. That's That's where it's at. It's about realizing that you are one tool. He can do great and mighty things through you 
But when you are in alignment with others who have the same heart after him, it is it is astounding what he can do. Yeah. You have those aha moments like, whoa, what's happening over here? We just, did we miss it? No, we didn't miss it. That's where all the testimonies come from. Because when your focus is on him and he's moving through you, out of you to reach others, half the time we don't know what's really happening until after the fact. And sometimes we don't ever know. You have to be okay with that. <laughs> wow. Be okay with that. I have to agree with uh, the grand who weighed in and said, this is, wow, amazing. What you're getting here, people, is the real deal. All right. I, I just want to boil this down. I want to bring something up again in a second about shifting atmospheres. But what you're listening to here is the real deal. This is not just about music. It's not just about rock. You know, this is not just some old guy behind a microphone trying to be cool in a studio and a bunch of people trying to be cool. This is about the power of the gospel. This is why we see most of CCM crumbling right now. Okay, I want to put that out there. I'm going to say it again. This is why we see most of CCM crumbling right now, because the heart and the knowledge and the intimacy with the Lord is not there. And he's moving it out of the way so that bands like The Last Trumpet can come in and do the work in the harvest fields. The meadows of heaven are ripe for harvest right now. And that's what's going on. God is shaking everything. I'm sitting here getting schooled as well. Okay, there's a lot of this stuff. You know, a lot of people know my story. I came out of a very strict fundamentalist. Okay, it was a cult. Let's just call it for what it is. Okay, uh, I came out of that. And all, a lot of this stuff is new to me. But, you know, when you're talking about shifting the atmospheres with your music, you know, we say that it's prophetic music that you're doing, but also that is the function of the apostolic. So when you're going into these places, you're doing an apostolic ministry of shifting and changing the atmosphere and changing the culture. That's what's going on with what you're doing. And, you know, going to the flags, I want to show some footage of that because you guys, you know, some of you said you didn't realize that was going on until you opened your eyes. I didn't realize what was going on. I think it was Christina was like, Glenn, take a look what's going on over there. I was like, whoa, how did that happen? And I had to grab my camera and I did so that you can understand what they're talking about. This is what happened at Get Revelation Rock Fest in May in Charleston, South Carolina, when the last trumpet, when the atmosphere shifted. You have to see this. That was just amazing what happened. I was like, whoa, let me, it was like seeing like, you know, the Goodyear blimp and needing to get a picture of it or a video of it. Cause you don't see it very often. I was like, I got to get this on, on camera. Now, for those of you that just were able to listen to that, that just shows you how good the last trumpet is live. So we're going to be expecting a live <laughs> album out really soon too. <laughs> We've got Ronnie, the connector. He's like, I love this. Yeah. Ronnie, we're going to, we're going to dive in deep here. Um, and, and that's what we do. We're, we're not afraid to hold back any punches on any of this we're going to talk about the stuff 
that a lot of people are afraid to talk about. A lot of the things that have been mislabeled as mysticism, which are not because it's actually in scripture. Um, unfortunately, wow. the mystics and the new age, they stole it. They took Jesus out of all of it. Uh, but we're taking it back because this is what's going to release souls. This is what's going to bring revival to this country, which needs revival so bad at this point in time. We see all of the hatred out there. We see all of the anger. We see all the tumult. You know, it's chaos. Well, the reasons why why there's chaos is because people are hungry. They don't know what they're hungry for, but they're hungry. And what they're hungry for is they're hungry for Jesus. Um, everybody, we just have to quickly shift the atmosphere real quick and do a quick commercial break. And we will be right back. A perfect way to proudly display your love of God and country is with a custom-made wooden flag from 100% reclaimed materials. The Rugged American Flag Company can design a custom wooden flag for you or a loved one. A custom wooden flag makes the perfect gift for those serving in the military, law enforcement, emergency services, or any other profession of service. Call 803-521-0708 or email the Rugged American Flag Company, that's the Rugged American FLGCO, at gmail.com to design your flag today. Stay rugged and rock on, America. We love the Rugged American Flag Company, major sponsor of Raven's Heart and Get Revelation Rock Fest. Hey, we've got some more comments here. This is awesome. I love the participation tonight. The Grand, yes, ABBA is making all things new. And no, we're not talking about the band, ABBA, Dancing Queen. We're talking about <laughs> Father. Okay. I had, I had to look at that. It's like, wait a minute, because, you know, just kind of that shift in, in the mind there. Yes, ABBA is making all things new, and music is a big part of the new. There is a new sound that is emerging. And that's one of the things that I enjoy doing here is highlighting that so people can see what's going on and help bring to the forefront, be a vessel, bring to the forefront what God wants to have brought to the forefront. And the grand again says, amen. So for those that have been following TLT on social media, there's been a lot going on up there in that little town of Mooresville, North Carolina. You have been in the studio and there's a new song set to be released very soon. And it's entitled Shadow of Me. Can you tell us what this song is going to be about and when we can feast our ears on it? Okay, so um, I'm, I'm a little bit um, biased about this one. Because <laughs> um, anybody who knows our music knows that all of our stuff is written by Chris. But um, there was a, a dark period in my life where... I literally was begging God to end my life. Um, it was a rough period. Um, a lot of loss for me. Um, and I, I can't even put it into words, but part of what this song is dealing with is healing. Um, and in the bridge of it, I, I, I literally am singing you know, I begged you to take my life and take my life. You did, <laughs> but it wasn't the way I wanted him to take it. <laughs> um, so it's about my healing story. Um, literally having a tangible encounter with Jesus um, through worship music. Um, he gave me almost what felt like an out of body experience. Um, I saw myself physically running, sprinting as hard as I could go. And what felt like hitting a brick wall, but it wasn't a brick wall. It was me leaping on and bear hugging like a child does to Jesus. Um, 
it's just about healing um, and we're hoping to release it in August. So we, <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't even tell you. Stop it. I can't even talk about it. I'm so excited. <laughs> 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 we are looking forward to that release and there's also a video that's going to come out with this and i want to ask you this question because you guys move so freely in the prophetic you know i can only imagine what it would have been like in the days of ezekiel hosea isaiah uh amos the the great prophets both the majors and the minors uh if they had video technology back in their day and the equipment that we have now to get their vision of what they saw out there for people to see when you're putting this video together, the concept of it, how does the inspiration for it come about? Is it, does it come while you're singing the song, writing the song, or have there even maybe been some prophetic dreams where vision has been released? How, how has the concept for this video come about? Okay. So we'll start with the music aspect of it. Um, this period of my life was a huge impact on me. I had, I, I've always been the, the kind of a tough girl, kind of go get them um, girl. So for something to literally take me to a level of just wanting to die, um, it was a big blow that time period for me. Um, but I heard the Lord say, it's time. Um, and I thought, oh, well, that's good, Lord. What's it time for? <laughs> and he's like, you know, it's time to release that. It's time to release that healing. Um, and I, I very firmly know that I'm not releasing the song for me. I'm releasing it for somebody out there, um, maybe multiple somebodies. Um, this song is going to remind them that there's, there's a place other than a dark death where you can find relief where you can find hope, um, where you can find joy, uh, where you can find peace. Um, you don't have to, to go into the pits of an addiction. You don't have to go. Um, you don't have to buy the enemy's lie that your life is not worth something because it is. Um, the Lord values you or he would not have stitched you together the way that he did. There's a purpose for you. Um, and he just, that's all I heard was Tiffany, it's time. And, and internally I just knew, I knew that somebody, somebody out there somewhere needs the healing that I received and the way for me to get it to them is through this song. Um, so this is my obedience in releasing that dark period of my life for somebody else's relief. Um, if that makes sense. Um, um, and all I heard was, Tiffany, it's time. And I wrestled with it probably for a day or two, but there was one night where I sat down in my rocking chair and literally the Lord just started flooding me with words, just flooding and flooding and flooding. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I literally had to start texting out notes to myself about these things. I sent it to Shannon. Um, I sent it to Chris. I sent it to my daughter and to my mom. And I'm like, just read this. And the, uh, I'll say this, Glenn, you, you've mentioned a couple times tonight about the decreasing. Mm -hmm. uh, the shadow of me yeah. is actually, in this song, it's the decrease. Yeah. 
It's about me getting out of what I desire in that dark place, being angry and broken and wanting to just end my own life out of, you know, I had, I had to put that down in order for the Lord to be able to respond and heal that place. But again, it's about getting me out of my own way so that the Lord can have his way. Because when he has his way in me and I allow that to take place and I'm not fighting him on that, how many more others will he touch? Again, through obedience. Who yes. will he heal? Who will he deliver out of obedience? Yes. Yes. I'm really looking forward to the release of this song and the video as well. Uh, it's okay. I've had the opportunity to preview it and, um, it's amazing. Uh, it's going to be, this is, you thought covered in blood was good because of the power behind it and the message. This one is a level higher. Um, you know, Tiffany sent me the track to just take a listen to. And that's one of the other things I enjoy about this is I get to sneak peek the music. Um, I, I really enjoy that. And it's like, you know, do you have any comments? And I was like, uh, no, not, not on this one. <laughs> not at all. Um, it, it's just going to be amazing. And you are also working on raising funds to help fund the music video, because as we know, that's an expensive endeavor. Where are we at right now in the fundraising process? And how can those that are watching and listening help TLT bring this vision to reality? Um, we, we are raising funds. We're asking, we're trying to raise about 3000 right now. We are currently just below halfway there. We've got about 1300 that's been donated so far. And we are so grateful for that. So first of all, thank you to those who have supported us. We, you have no idea how grateful we are for your help and your partnering with us. Um, you can go to PayPal. Um, I believe PayPal is at the last trumpet, all one word. Just make sure you spell the last trumpet correctly. Um, and then um, Venmo, is it Venmo that's at, I believe it's at TLT-Rocks, TLT-Rocks. Um, and it's on the end of the um, Covered in Blood video. There's a, a picture of the band. It's got the um, Venmo and PayPal. Also uh, on our pages. Any of our pages? Yeah, we've all been sharing it. So it, it's, <laughs> it, it's out there. It's on the band page. It's on all of our personal pages. So if you haven't friended us yet, you can friend us. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to call um, those that are watching and listening to action to help fund this video because it is going to touch people's lives. Um, you, just the story that Tiffany just shared about the background behind it and where it's going and the purpose of it. This is definitely something to get behind and to sow into. And as you've heard tonight, the last trumpet their heart before the Lord and the mission that they've been called to. This is a ministry to sow into. If you're looking to, uh, to sow into a place, sow into the last trumpet. God, they are doing the work of the Lord. We've had them here in Charleston twice, and it's just been absolutely amazing. Uh, we've seen breakthroughs in the heavens because of the things that they've done here in, in Charleston. Um, it's just been absolutely amazing. So for those that want to keep up on the latest TLT news, where can they find out what's going on with TLT. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Twitter. <laughs> 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 and 
we are on YouTube. However, we're trying to revamp our YouTube. I have been really, really slack in my managerial skills. <laughs> I'm trying to get better about that, y'all. <laughs> Well, you got all these people to manage. I mean, you yeah, you know, that that's a rough bunch that you got there. I mean, it's it's a lot. Just pray, just pray, y'all. <laughs> no, they're good. They're good crew. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for joining us this evening. And hey, we are going to be back next week, and we've got a very interesting uh, lineup for next week. We're going to be talking to alina and jeff perot from axon motion aerial artistry who are also friends of tlt and we're going to take a look at dance but boy we're hitting the taboo controversial stuff over here aren't we Uh, you know don't don't uh, shut us down and shout us down we're going to keep doing it um and uh Hey, Will Ferguson said, "Woo's good stuff. Hey, Will, good to see you tonight. So we'll be back next Thursday night at 8 p.m. And I do have to caveat this. It will be a pre-recorded Raven's Heart because I have to be at a prophetic conference on Thursday and Friday night next week. So it will be pre-recorded. And then the following week on the 11th, Oh, boy, do we have a surprise for everybody. We've got Ignacent with Jennifer Benson coming on live. We'll be back on the 11th. Until then, guys, thank you so much for joining us. If you could just hold on the line for me just for a few more moments while I close out, and I'll be right back with you. And for our viewers and our listeners this evening, until next time, peace out and rock on. Lithoscry.com. Ha, ha, ha.